Sometimes an organization relies on volunteers or collateral duties to perform a function that the organization realizes is rather significant in terms of the mission success or performance of the organization and decides to invest in a permanent hire to continue that function and make it an embedded part of the organization. But sometimes it doesn't work out so well because the organization culture, which may change as a result of the shift. So how should managers consider whether or not this move is a good idea? My name is Tom Galvin, and these are my reflections on management. Ordinarily, we, uh, when we're talking about right-sizing organizations, we tend to think of sort of the inverse of the situation we talked about where you had a permanent hire that was performing a function. But when the position has to be eliminated due to the sudden um, resource constraints or something like that, what happens is that uh, not the function that a permanent hire is doing uh, may not necessarily go away. It may still need to be done. Well, basically, it, it may be something that a stakeholder expects or it may be something that uh, other members of the organization depend upon. And the hasty removal of that position means it turns into some sort of a collateral duty or additional function um, that uh, others in the organization have to go with. Uh, they basically have to continue to do their own duties and take on this additional responsibility, and it can get painful. But in this episode, I'm going to focus on um, a different you know, story, and this is when a uh, an organization... Uh, decides that a function that has been done as a collateral duty that perhaps either emerged out of uh, necessity or changes in the environment um, that people were performing um, and decide that, uh, okay, the organization is going to invest and say that this is going to be a, a now a permanent position. It's added to the organization structure. It's opened up for, uh, you know, as, a, as an action. And then somebody gets hired into the position and that somebody takes over the function. And then something happens in terms of the character of that function. I'm going to sort of draw on two experiences, um, both of which uh, are very, very similar in their story. There's a couple of subtle differences that I think might be important, but I don't want to generalize the, uh, the, the sort of phenomenon on just these two cases. Okay. In both cases, you are you're talking about organizations which have a permanent membership, of course. They have hires who are performing the ordinary functions of the organization. Some function uh, is is one that uh, could it, in one case it's a function that was basically shared within an organization and or within a unit of the organization. And it's just sort of ballooned in terms of the, the responsibilities and the demands placed on it, such that the decision was made to convert it into a permanent hire. So it was a little bit more of the collateral duty, but the collateral duty involved the coordination of volunteers and that the functions were shared between particular volunteers, a particular group of volunteers to try to, you know, provide the function while also coordinating the volunteers. Now, this is an example of a function that other like organizations 
some of them have permanent hires in this position. It is not an unusual or really new or different type of a function. It's just that this particular organization didn't have the ability to um, to do a permanent hire and therefore had to rely on volunteers for the performance of this particular function. The organization didn't necessarily have the ability until later on to invest in a permanent hire to do the coordination function. In another case, uh, it was a function that was basically created within the organization as a, a complete new um, opportunity. It was sort of entrepreneurial. And uh, there were several members of the organization who uh, volunteered uh, to include it within their duties to participate in this entrepreneurship, uh, to do something different for the organization. That was so successful that the organization itself decided that it was it was something that the organization should invest in and therefore created a position uh, to assume what was a lot of the heavy lifting, such as uh, administration, uh, logistics, uh, information technology, uh, some of the background functions necessary to make this work. And I won't say which worked out better than the other um, because uh, it's it, it, it's very complicated. But let me just sort of focus on the dynamics of what ultimately happened. Because in one case, the permanent hire that was done was from outside the organization and outside the sphere of volunteers. In the other case, it was one of the members of the group who was hired. But both situations seem to run into some of the same questions. Now, one of the things that I found was uh, that that sort of happened in both cases is that you had somewhat of an energy that the uh, these volunteers uh, had had, in which it was sort of uh, it was very exciting to be part of this, because each of the uh, members were excited to contribute uniquely to the organization in in such a way that was different, that was um, that was exciting. And uh, that was making a, a unique contribution that they, uh, they were very proud that the organization was recognizing the value added and therefore was, you know, the, the demonstration of the investment was just a big win, at least for a while. Now, what happens when the permanent hire holds the position? What happens to the organization and what happens to this group of volunteers some of the things that I observe in uh, in these cases is sometimes there's a tendency to sort of walk away from somewhat of the ugly side of the function and just presume that now that the organization has invested, we don't have to do this anymore. This was a part of being the volunteer that I didn't like and it was necessary, um, but now we have this this person, we could transfer all of this junk and just, you know, unload it. And, and, and then I can get back to sort of like the exciting part. Okay. So uh, what that does is that it, uh, it means that the permanent hire in both cases took on a very, very significant admin burden because that was the nature what I was referring to as kind of the ugly side. It was the it was the bureau it was the bureaucracy. It was the resource management. Uh, it was all of the, you know, the communication, 
So in the case of the outside hire, uh, the there was a, a walking away from these activities. Um, certainly people uh, offered to help, uh, but uh, it, it was such a desire to walk away from the activities that the volunteers didn't necessarily want to perform themselves that uh, it, it overwhelmed the new hire a little bit. And it, it got a little bit of the transition was a little bit clunky. As for the uh, one that was hired from the inside, it was really more um, discovery learning because the members of the group were such busy people uh, working their normal duties with their collateral duties that not everybody was fully aware of what everybody else was doing. And so the discovery learning of shifting the responsibilities to the inside hire uh, was uh, was actually a little bit more complicated than expected. And there and in and so in both cases, it got a little bit bumpy. You know, the permanent hire, which is supposed to take on one man year of work for a year, because that was how the position description was written, suddenly realizes that they're getting about two man years worth of work dumped on them. The volunteers are, uh, the other volunteers may be a little bit more reticent to get involved in those sorts of things because it's not there, you know, there's somebody with that responsibility formally. Another was the challenge of communication. And I will say that this was the external volunteer was a bit, probably a bit more of a, a challenged in this particular regard. Because of course, when you're talking about volunteers, not only um, do you see the energy uh, coming out, there's a, there's a social bond that sort of forms a very special social bond because it's it's created by the members and of course the uh, the members are going to communicate a special way there's a shared understanding of uh, what they uh, what motivates them to volunteer and so then if the permanent hire doesn't necessarily understand those dynamics it is possible that they will come in and the communication may not flow properly it's in part the communication is, of course, a uh, it's it's a bureaucratic function, and the shift from say an informal shared understanding to something that perhaps is a bit more formalized. All of a sudden, there's some risks that are added. There's going to be some miscommunication. The permanent hire may not have the time because all of a sudden they're overloaded with a lot of stuff that they didn't expect. Perhaps they may not get the word out as efficiently or as effectively as before even if they're part of the group there may be all of these things that they suddenly become responsible for that they're not familiar with may overwhelm them and then you have communication breakdowns and one of the things i thought was interesting uh, as a as a result of that is that what used to be perhaps smooth operations become a little bit clunky like there are greater mistakes made because of these communication hiccups. But the motivation to volunteer and the social bond among the volunteers might mean that uh, even if these uh, communication errors occur and activities that used to be run smoothly aren't run quite as smoothly, the volunteers are still going to put full energy in to make sure that no, you know, nothing significant goes wrong. And so the activities to the outside observer may still seem to go very, very smoothly, uh, despite any internal turmoil. And the volunteers are also going to be 
my experience, extra polite. They they are still so invested in this special function that, again, the organization is investing in as sort of a a reward for the success of this function. The volunteers will be polite. They they are not going to want to uh, to make things all of a sudden a problem. Um, they're going to want the permanent hire to uh, succeed, or if they really aren't happy with the permanent hire's activities or leadership, they're going to not make a big public deal of it. They may instead withdraw among their you know their circles. They may exercise the pre-existing strong bond and talk among themselves, complain among themselves, which may put the permanent hire eventually into a bad position if this becomes a persistent cycle and the rumblings and mumblings uh, among the volunteers you know could basically build a divide between themselves and the permanent hire if the hire doesn't reach out or if somebody's not working to try to resolve this simmering tension. In the worst case, it may cause some of the volunteers to slowly walk out. Uh, well, you hope that they do so in ways that don't shame the permanent hire or shame the other volunteers. But the feelings might get a little bit hurt. Feelings could also be hurt just based on which person was the choice for the permanent hire. So when the position is first announced, one can assume that volunteers are going to go ahead and apply for it. An interesting situation occurred, which I've seen multiple times. In, in, in this case, where by the time that the human resource process comes in, uh, comes in and does its work to create the description, a lot of the volunteers don't qualify. And there's a very interesting, almost insulting, if I could if I could put it that way. I mean, you know, when you create a position that's going to do what was working so well by a group of volunteers, and then you essentially create the position such that a volunteer doesn't qualify, that's that sends a very odd message to the volunteers, such that we want you, but we want you for free. We don't we don't want you as a as a permanent. That can also kind of cast a little bit of a shadow over who eventually gets chosen, especially if it's from somebody outside of the group or somebody coming from far outside of the group who walks into the organizational context and doesn't have a full firm grasp of what they just signed up for. Um, because it is, it's a natural challenge just in general when you're basically the first holder of a position. And there's already, just naturally, all sorts of discovery learning that comes with that, of trying to define that position. Because I've done that multiple times. Uh, the first time was just downright scary, because you don't know what's considered to be ex uh, acceptable. The expectations are evolving. And then, you know, just to add this specter of having of basically becoming the first of a position that was previously being performed by volunteers with this social bond um, can definitely put somebody on the defensive. There's obviously a lot of cautions. Um, and, I, and I don't think this is something where you can really cut corners. It, it, it winds up being an opportunity when you find you have the resources available, but the personal dynamic of it is, is, is kind of critical. And the person who's being chosen 
whether it's from within the group or from an outside, has got to be set up for success. And this involves a lot of communication. This involves understanding of where does this new position fit in, in relation to or as different from the volunteer structures that it is replacing so that the organization doesn't accidentally or unintentionally affect the energy and the excitement and the social bonds that the volunteers provide. Because there's no question we need volunteers. doesn't matter whether it's true volunteers from outside the organization or folks who are willing to take on additional duties, take chances, take risks in order to further the organization and improve it in some way. We should always strive hard to make it easier and not harder to, to foster that spirit. This is definitely a topic that's uh, worth researching uh, because I don't know that there's been a lot of research done, uh, the impacts of this type of a hiring action. Um, but I would say that for the organization and uh, for the, the hiring authority, it's certainly important to have a very, very fair and transparent uh, uh, hiring practice in order to ensure that the uh, the person who is ultimately hired, you know, is it's it's more than just being the right person. It also has to be one who is uh, prepared to handle the dynamics of this uh, of this transition of the function from a pure volunteer to a more formal arrangement, and that the uh, especially if it's from the outside, if you find yourself taking a position that was previously performed by volunteers, one of the things that I think is really critical is to recognize the social bond and to ensure that the first people that you connect with before anybody else is those group of volunteers. So you would definitely want to reach out to them. You want them on your side and you want to avoid them becoming a barrier to your performance. Be mindful of their needs and recognize that the fact that uh, you were hired is because of them. And as long as you remember that, you know, your chances of success are going to be far greater. And that's all for now. The views expressed are my own and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Army War College, the United States Army, or the Department of Defense. Thank you for listening and have a great day.